0: Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading... The elves! And the shoemaker. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a...
1: Grim Reading!
0: first story: A shoemaker, by no fault of his own, had become so poor that at last he had nothing left but leather for one pair of shoes. So, in the evening, he cut out the shoes which he wished to begin to make the next morning, and as he had a good conscience, he lay down quietly in his bed, commended himself to God, and fell asleep. In the morning, after he had said his prayers, and was just going to sit down to work, the two shoes stood quite finished on his table. He was astounded and knew not what to say to it. To, to what? <laughs> to it, Adam. Don't know what to say. He took the shoes in his hands to observe them closer, and they were so neatly made that there was not one bad stitch in them, just as if they were intended as a masterpiece. <laughs> Tell you what, these pair of shoes are a masterpiece. <laughs> and that's coming from a cobbler. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. uh, Soon after, a buyer came in, and as the shoes pleased him so well, he paid more for them than was customary. And and with the money, the shoemaker was able to purchase leather for two more pairs of shoes. He cut them out at night, and next morning was about to set to work with fresh courage. But he had no need to do so, for when he got up, they were already made, and they found buyers who gave him money enough to buy leather for four more pairs of shoes. look at that. The following morning, too, he found the four pairs made. And so it went on constantly. What he cut out in the evening was finished by the morning, so that he soon had his honest independence again, and at last became a wealthy man.
1: Okay, wow, that moved quickly. So he's yeah. certainly,
0: he's wealthy. So he's gone from being destitute
1: to being a wealthy cobbler. Because these shoes just keep appearing. Oh, well, he's not a cobbler, though, is he? He's a shoemaker. Is that not a cobbler? Well, don't cobblers mend shoes? Yeah. I don't know, actually. Maybe not. But, okay. I mean, I've got questions,
0: but I guess we'll get to that. Now, it happened that one evening, not long before Christmas, when the man had been (laughs) cutting out, he said to his wife before going to bed... He's got a wife? Yeah, he's got a wife. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, What do you think of staying up tonight? Uh, To see who it is that lends us this helping hand. The woman liked the idea and lighted a candle... And then, they hid themselves in the corner of the room, behind some clothes which were hanging up there, and watched. When it was midnight, two pretty little naked men came- Excuse me! (laughs) When it was midnight, two pretty little naked (laughs) men came! What, don't I understand about that? What a peculiar sentence, okay. They sat down by the shoemaker's table, took all the work which was cut out before them and began to stitch and sew and hammer so skilfully and so quickly with their little fingers that the shoemaker could not turn away his eyes for astonishment. No, he's, he's getting a good look. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did not stop until all was done and stood finished on the table, and then they ran quickly away. Next morning, the woman said, The little men have made us rich, and we really must show them that we are grateful for it. Oh, that's nice. They run about sew and have nothing on and must be cold. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make them little shirts, and coats, and vests, and trousers, and knit both of them a pair of stockings, and you too make them a little pair of shoes." The man said, "'Oh, I shall be very glad to do it." Oh, that's nice. And one night, when everything was ready, they laid their presents all together on the table, instead of the cut-out leather, and then concealed themselves to see how the little men would behave. At midnight, they came bounding in, and wanted to get the work done at once, but as they did not find any leather cut out, but only the pretty little articles of clothing, they were at first astonished, and then they showed intense delight. Oh, good. They like the presents. They dressed themselves rapidly, putting the pretty clothes on and singing, Now we are boys so fantasy, we should no longer cobblers be. That's it. That's <laughs> it.
1: Oh, I was expecting more. Sorry. Um, okay, the... cobblers. Okay. I... Take
0: it back. I take, take it, all it back. Take it back. Ta- I take it back. Stand corrected. Then they danced and skipped and leapt over chairs and benches. At la- <laughs> oh. That's what I do, are I, good meek I just start leaping over chairs and benches. At last they danced out the door. <laughs>
1: from, from, <laughs> from,
0: <laughs> from that time forth they came no more. But as long as the shoemaker lived, all went well with him, and all his undertakings prospered. The end. Adam, shall we read the second story?
1: What What
0: do you mean? The second story. There's
1: a second story? There's
0: a second story. The second story. There was once a poor servant girl who was industrious and cleanly, and swept the house every day, and emptied her sweepings on the great heap in front of the door. One morning, when she was just going back to her work, she found a letter on this heap. And as she could not read, she put her broom in the corner and took the letter to her master and mistress. It was an invitation from the elves, who asked the girl to hold a child for them at its christening and be its godmother. What? <laughs> you <laughs> heard. The girl did not know what to do, but at length, after much persuasion, and as they told her that it was not right to refuse an invitation of this kind, she consented. Yeah, it's, just,
1: it's not proper, is it, to uh, no. test the, uh...
0: <laughs> Don't test an elf. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So she's, she's accepted it. Right, okay. Then three elves came and led her to a hollow mountain where the little folks lived. A hollow... <laughs> there's a lot to process there. Hollow mountain, little folks. Everything there was small, mm. but more elegant and beautiful than can be described. That's lazy writing. Come on, describe it, yeah. <laughs> the baby's mother lay in a bed of black ebony, ornamented with pearls. The cover lids were embroidered with gold, the cradle was of ivory, and uh, the bath was made of gold.
1: Why? Right, okay, it's very bling. <laughs> it's very bling. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite ostentatious and <laughs> in <their> furnishings.
0: <laughs> the girl stood as godmother and then wanted to go home again, but the little elves begged her to stay three days with them. So she stayed and passed the time in pleasure and gaiety, and the little folks did all they could to make her happy. At last, she set out on her way home, after they had filled her pockets quite full of money and led her out of the mountain again. When she got home, she wanted to begin her work, and took the broom, which was still standing in the corner, Mm -hmm. in her hand, and began to sweep. But then some strangers came out of the house, who asked her who she was and what business she had there. What? And she had not, as she thought, been gone three days with the little men in the mountains, but seven years. What? And in the meantime, her former masters had died. Whoa. The end.
1: What? (laughs)
0: Listen, you're gonna to have to keep your thoughts to yourself because it's time for the third story.
1: I can't cope.
0: The third story. A certain mother's child had been taken away out of its cradle by the elves, and a changeling with a large head and staring <laughs> eyes, which which would. It's already. I've only really started the description of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And a changeling with a large head and staring eyes, which would do nothing but eat and drink, laid in its place. I mean, that is me all over. That is, that is, I don't know what a changeling is. We've got a long night ahead of us. So you're you're going to find out what a changeling is. Don't worry. In her trouble, she went to her neighbour and asked her advice. We've got a, uh, <laughs> yeah. got a little. The elves are poor. We got over. a caller here from. Uh... Don't worry, mate, because the neighbour's got it sorted. The neighbour's been here before. What you want to do is... Well, what you want to do is carry the changeling into the kitchen, set it down on the hearth, light a fire, and boil some water in two eggshells, which would make the changeling laugh, and if he laughed, (laughs) that would be the end of him. What? So, (laughs) what kind of logic is that? The woman did everything that her neighbour bade her, and when she put the eggshells with the water on the fire, the imp said... I am as old now as the Wester Forest, but never yet have I seen anyone boil anything in an eggshell. He he finds it funny. And he began to laugh at it. While he was laughing, suddenly came a host of little elves who brought the right child, set it down on the hearth, and took the changeling away with them. The end. So no story for. No, that's it. That's your lot.
1: Okay. I um, need to lie down for a bit. <laughs> Me too. Um, that was insane. I say that every time, but the, come on. Come on. That was insane. That was madness. Um, yeah, you can say that again, but don't don't say it again. Um, that was madness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to begin.
0: Um, so we had three, three stories. stories. I was
1: expecting one, The Elves and the Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. First uh, point to make, yeah, stories called The Elves, not The Elves and the Shoemaker.
0: Yes. What's that all about? In German, it's Die Wittelmanner which Wichtelmanne. Google Translate suggests <laughs> the dwarves. Okay. But basically the little men. Uh, originally, the first story, the second story, the third story in German, each of them had a name. The first story was called about the shoemaker for whom they did work. The second was called about a servant girl who stood in as godmother for them. And the third, about a woman whose child they exchanged. It was then changed by the Brothers Grimm to a first story, second story, third story. Right. But originally when it came over to, to England, it was, I believe, it was first translated as the elves and the shoemaker. And that's what it became known as. Right, and that's the name that stuck. But the official name is the elves The elves. Which is why we've had to call the story The Elves, Brackets and the Shoemaker. Does that make sense? That does make sense, yes. So I think going forward, let's go through each story one by one. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first one is the classic, The Elves and the Shoemaker. I kind of had a rough idea of what this was about. i kind of forgotten, but as the story went on, I I was like, this is ringing all the bells. Yeah. I know this is the one you were... most excited about I think when yeah. we started the podcast so it's great Genuinely. great day for you Matt <laughs> <Massive> <laughs> lucky day. you oh thank um, you very much but it was quite sweet i think the 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 picture they paint of the shoemaker is, is sweet he's a good man and he's yeah. got a you know a good little family unit there a good little business i mean it's struggling
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> but it's kind of impressed quite yeah. heavily that he's a good person
0: yeah pious yeah good bloke Does everything right, but it's just not happening for him at the Mm -hmm. moment. But the elves come out at night and they Mm. sort it
1: right out for him. And basically, he makes enough for each pair of shoes that he sells to get the leather for two pairs. So it's basically doubling each time. Now, so my question that I wanted to ask earlier was, at what point does that become unmanageable
0: to cut that amount of leather each day? I know your brain so well, (laughs) I anticipated this. (laughs) So it's time now for some... Quick, exponential, grim <laughs> yes. reading shoe maths.
1: Oh, yes. So I can't wait. I, I wow. love it. I
0: love the fact you've prepared this. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, there's not much to say. But, um, <laughs> you double the shoes each night, right? Yes. So it starts with one, two, then four. So two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, etc., 512 pairs of shoes were produced on the ninth night. Mm-hmm. So he's preparing the leather for 512 pairs of shoes. But by week two, we'd be over 8,000 pairs of shoes yeah. per night. Per night. Now,
1: I'm not I'm not a shoemaker. I'm not a cobbler. But I think that is difficult.
0: <laughs> I mean, no wonder he was rich. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I'm just worried about the other cobblers in the region.
1: <laughs> They're out Soaken of business. Up. Oh, yeah. He must have completely monopolised the German shoe market. He absolutely cornered that market. (laughs) Yeah, it becomes unmanageable. Yes. Isn't there a famous proverb about that? Someone, uh, it's such a vague idea I've got, but someone being promised something, uh, he'd done something for someone wealthy and he said, oh, how shall I repay you? And this wise man said, a chessboard, give me one grain of rice on the first square two on the next, four yeah. on the next, eight on the next, whatever. And he was like, "Haha, that's easy. And yeah. then obviously by the time you get halfway across the chessboard, it's
0: more <laughs> grains of rice than there are particles in the universe or something insane. I've definitely heard that. Isn't that like a, a myth about how chess was invented? Oh, probably. Yeah, it was like, invent me a, a game that there's no chance in it or something. And then right, he asked okay. for his reward. So good question. And you're right, completely unworkable and doesn't make any sense. Yes, good. So Glad we that. agree on that. Um, so along these lines, it could be maybe... A parable about work. Hard work pays. Because he's still putting the effort in. It's not like he's just like having a cocktail. No. And the elves are doing all the work. He's still putting the effort in. Yeah. But the elves are just giving him that little boost...
1: Yeah, and they're the ones that are rewarding his hard work with their hard work.
0: Exactly. Except
1: they don't get. Well, they do get compensated in the end with lovely little outfits, like quite natty little outfits that his wife made. (laughs) But why did they? I mean, I guess that's why they had to be pretty little naked men. But that took me uh, by surprise.
0: True. If they weren't naked, yeah, they wouldn't be wanting them clothes. True. Or they might be. But can you imagine? (laughs) All right, you're with your wife. You're hiding in the corner
1: of the room behind some clothes that are hanging up. Tiny little naked men running. in I mean it's bizarre
0: and start making shoes. <laughs> yeah, you're right, and it after the elves left, the story was like the next morning they because ch- it's like, what do you do after that? Yeah. What, what would the yeah. conversation be yeah, I know. Uh, did you see that, darling? Yeah, well? or <laughs> was that just me? <laughs> was that a bad dream? No that, that really happened. Yeah, so the, you know so the elves are doing the hard work, so yeah. along that parable about work and maybe a, another message is you know salvation through work. You know, think of of the poor people Mm -hmm. listening to this who, you know, who toil all day and struggle to make ends meet. It's like saying that's no reason to just like give up. You've got to keep working and through hard work you will will be rewarded. And that's also maybe reinforcing middle class Protestant German values, which is what this book Right represents really. Mm-hmm. It's this the work ethic pulling yeah. you up, self up by your bootstraps. Exactly the natty little work. bootstraps, but exactly. made by a few elves. <laughs> um, but also, I thought it might be saying treat your workers well. Right. So the workers, are, they're happy. They have got a great great pay package at the end of the end of the session and it's that's not like true. the elves leave and he goes back into poverty he's happy for the rest of his day yeah he's made the owner that's of the business made. is happy yeah the elves are happy and the customer's happy
1: <laughs> the customer is always right <laughs> um <laughs> do you see what i mean i see what you mean yeah. and it is nice you that they didn't have to mm. give them anything and that it's nice that their reaction was yeah. oh these people are these little naked men are helping us out we should give them something in return that's a nice thought
0: so, Christmas. It mentions Christmas. Right, but it said a few days
1: before Christmas, is that right? Uh,
0: one, one evening, not long before Christmas. Right, so, so we're in Christmas time.
1: We're in Christmas time, but not Christmas yeah.
0: itself. The Christmas music's playing non stop. Yeah, they've got Slade on or exactly. uh, the Pogues. Everyone's shopping, it's just yeah. chaos. No other story I found or we found so far gives you a kind of date or even a festive season. That's true. They're all once upon a time or, like, mm-hmm. you know, in a galaxy far, far away.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that one.
0: <laughs> that was a, a good one, wasn't it? Was it was a great one. The long episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but this story mentions specifically mentions Christmas, which I found that unusual and kind of maybe a bit out of keeping with what we found so far. Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, it's a story, uh, I guess, it's very Christmassy. It is. There is something about it which is very Christmassy. Giving, receiving. Yeah. And also I felt it had that kind of melancholic Christmas feel to it as well. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get that at Christmas? There's oh, that kind completely. of sadness in the air. There is, yeah. So, you know, everyone's happy. It's a wonderful holiday story, but the magic goes away. The elves go away. Who were they? The, shoemaker, the cobbler and his wife were happy forever, but I bet they always thought, who were those elves? I'd love to yeah. know a bit more about them. That's a kind of like the magic's just out of reach, maybe.
1: Yeah. Um, they got wealthy because of these elves and yet they disappear off and they uh, never come back, as far as we know. Yeah. Whereas maybe in other stories... Yeah. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Am I thinking of Rumpelstiltskin or, you know, someone being a like an instrumental part of your success or yeah. whatever and then coming back to claim
0: something? Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, there's... There's no, there's no villain in this story, No. is there? There's no, no. Uh, antagonist that, yeah, you have to kind of deal with a few times. It's just, I get the, the villain's poverty, maybe. I think I came across that idea. Maybe, yeah. That, that's the catalyst for the action.
1: Sure. But I think maybe that's part of why it feels so festive. Because it's just quite a
0: wholesome story. For me, it actually, it kind of transcends the Brothers Grimm more than mm-hmm. other famous stories. I, think I associate it more with Christmas than the Brothers Grimm. Interesting. It's got, it's just, it's a Christmas story. It's kind of, more than any other, it transcends the the source material.
1: Story two, then. Yeah. That was weird. (laughs) Um, So there's, okay, so... The recurring characters are the elves, and basically each story takes us to a different person, different sets of circumstances, and the elves return in
0: some fashion or other. That's funny. Yeah, I hadn't thought of the elves as, like, the same pretty little naked guys. I thought they were. No, no, yeah. They can be. They are, Adam. Because then,
1: skipping ahead to the third one, I thought they've gone bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're doing these lovely
1: things. They they Uh. cause a shoemaker and his wife to become rich beyond their wildest dreams. Uh, same thing they did for a servant lady who they took to their Hollow Mountain. Third one, they're nicking babies. Like, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> I Hold thought, your horses. What's going on here? <laughs> so maybe they're not the same elves. I, I mean, thought they're...
0: I knew you guys. <laughs> what happened to you? Well, actually, I think it kind of gets progressively worse because it uh-huh. starts... We're getting three different elf behaviours. Yeah. Just given a helping hand, really being a yeah. good little chat. Out of nowhere. The second story, they take you away to Elfland and they mm-hmm. stuff your pockets with gold. Yeah, um, but they, they make you stay a bit longer than you wanted to. Yeah, so you're there seven years. And then finally they've yeah. gone rogue and they swap yeah. your baby. So we're getting three different <laughs> types of questionable behaviour. <laughs> Very questionable, nicking a child. So yeah, so they take her off to Elfland and they're like, look at my lovely gold bath. Oh, and yeah. Like, oh um, yeah, it's impressive. got
1: like... Pearls on the lid. Lots of ivory, which is very questionable
0: these days, with modern values. So, okay, so she's sweeping. She finds a letter on her heap of love, sweep.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> heap of sweep. I hope you wouldn't notice I said that. <laughs> I love that. No, I, I'm so glad you said that. That's What a brilliant turn of phrase. So, letter gets delivered. Why is she invited to be their godmother? That's true. No idea. Absolutely no That's idea. It's bizarre,
0: but Yeah. So... Yeah, I think the interesting twist here is that she stays there for three days, but when she gets back, seven years have gone by. Yes. And her nuts. masters have died.
1: That is I think the biggest twist we've had on the podcast so far. <laughs> Come on, that's a big one. That's like something out of, I don't know, X Files being abducted and yeah. by aliens. That well, classic. Yeah.
0: There's a there's a real overlap between being taken by aliens and being abducted by elves because that is extremely common in folklore oh right people saying they've been abducted by elves and they say i was there partying or whatever being at a christening for a day and then they come back and it's like and five like, years where later where have you been for 10 years yeah. exactly yeah so this is a this is a common thing and it really overlaps with ideas of alien abductions like it's a very similar type of story That's i think i haven't looked into it much but so before we yeah. were
1: thinking of aliens yeah. Elves were the old aliens. Absolutely. Or aliens are the new elves.
0: Wait, what? <laughs> but also along those lines, talking about time going slower in one place and faster in another. Makes me think of interstellar. Relativity. Yeah. The theory of relativity was found by the Brothers Grimm. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> now my mind is blown. As I say, this is in a lot of folklore, this idea. Mm-hmm. But it really made me think of relativity. And I thought, you know, you don't get that in the Bible. You don't get that in other... Old pieces of literature, yeah. I suppose. To me, that feels quite modern, It does. Idea. It feels like a Chris Nolan film or something. But actually, through folklore, the idea of time moving faster in one place and slower in another has been around for... This old
1: hat. Donkeys. Donkeys. Yeah. Uh, millennia. Um,
0: story three. Right,
1: story three. Now, story three is the mental one. So, the elves come along. I. It hadn't even occurred to me these could be different elves. I thought they were the So, the elves came along and they, they've nicked a baby. They stole in a baby and put in its place a changeling. Right, you
0: promised changeling.
1: You tell me what it is. What is a changeling?
0: Well, there was a widespread belief that human children were exchanged in their cradles by elves for changelings. Right. So this isn't just a story. This is actually a reflection of a very real belief. If your child was sickly, highly intelligent even, or just unusual in any way, it was believed that that isn't actually your child, but an elf changeling. So they've swapped your baby yeah. for something
1: that looks like your baby, but it's a bit weird.
0: There are 19th century court records in Germany, Scandinavia, Great Britain and Ireland that show proceedings against parents accused of harming suspected changeling children. Whoa. So that's in the 1800s. That's awful but it was probably even more common in earlier centuries. Mm. But it was less likely that you'd face prosecution. Sure. So there are less records. Yeah. But there is a court record in Sweden as far back as 1690, which shows the trial of a man and woman who left their sickly 10-year-old child outside on Christmas Eve, hoping that the elves would swap it for their real child, what they believed was their real child. But it
1: was their real child. <laughs> That's
0: so awful. Yeah, so what, what we believe now is that the, the idea of changelings helped to explain physical or mental abnormalities in children. Right. It was also a kind of... It was a way of dealing with grief, maybe, as well. It, it's okay. It's not your child. Your child yeah. is happy Fine. and safe living with the elves. And that's a changeling child. In Elfland. That's what um, people who look into this kind of think. That's the psychology behind right. this concept of a changeling. Okay. But it's okay, guys, because there's lots of ways to get your original child back that have been documented. Okay, good. Not least... The idea of boiling water in right. two eggshells, which will then make it laugh, which then means it will reveal itself to be a changeling. And then it so has basically, to be swapped. What you need to do is catch it out, showing right. that it's a changeling. So sometimes it's like if it doesn't realise that you can watch it, it might like grow ten feet tall or it might start like talking a shake to itself. Shifting. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> imagine if you're imagine if you were looking you're
1: just standing in the doorway like like the the mobile's on the little lullaby music you're looking at your little kid just like oh lovely suddenly it grows 10 feet tall and starts talking to itself weird <laughs>
0: So, in Germany, they're called, uh, as I said, the little men. hmm We called them the elves. But what does that even mean? We've talked a lot about elves this evening, Adam, so I think it's, it's high time we got some things straight and explore these strange little creatures. You up um, for that? Yes, pretty little naked men. Exactly. So, coming into this episode, I basically just wanted to know what an elf was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where does it come from? What does it look like? What belief system does it belong to? As you can imagine, as is always the case, things got very complicated very quickly. Yeah, you disappeared down the little elf rabbit hole. Absolutely. Yep. If you'll indulge me, I'd like to uh, do my best to try and explain to you what an elf is. Go for it. And I've mostly focused on elves in Britain, uh, just a disclaimer. So, oh, yeah, British elves, yeah. So keep in mind that this is an even bigger story. <laughs> so, yeah, what is an elf? What, what does the elf conjure for you? Little person, pointy ears. Mischievous in some
1: way, I guess. In modern society, I guess you think of, like, Santa and his elves.
0: Yes. So it's a kind of Christmassy thing, kind of inherently. Also uh, Lord of the Rings as well, right? Right, yeah. Makes you think of those kinds of elves, which are different. Okay, so at its simplest, an elf is a supernatural being Mm -hmm. from Northern European mythology. And aside from that, it's not particularly clear what an elf is. Right. But what is clear, um, like changelings, is that they were believed in. So we're entering the world of myth.
1: Oh. Oh, oh.
0: So elves are particularly associated with Germanic mythology. Okay. Which includes Anglo-Saxon and Scandinavian. Yep. Where they feature in medieval literature and Norse sagas, uh, including Beowulf, which we all know. Yeah. Probably the most famous Norse saga. Yep. The word elf is similar in Germanic languages, so in English, German, and then the Scandinavian languages. Yeah. And therefore, it likely has a common Germanic ancestor before it split off into the different cultures and languages. Yeah. It's unclear the original meaning of the word, but it's possibly connected to the colour white. Uh, So, as I say, connected to Northern European and Germanic mythology. And and are they small? Because that's a defining characteristic for elves for me. They're not. <gasps> Giant <gasps> elf people. Giant elves. Oh, oh Just just human-sized, really. Oh, okay. They were perhaps most commonly considered human-like, often beautiful and seductive. Oh. However, they were also considered small little devilish creatures in some sources. It's confusing, but you've touched on a key thing there. All of these different types of mythologies, they all kind of blend and intermingle. So it's actually quite hard to pick apart and define specific aspects of folklore and myth every village every region would have its own vocabulary for the supernatural yeah so pinning it down is kind of impossible right even going as far as what does an elf look like is it tall or is it small along those lines i found it particularly hard to disentangle elf from a fairy which in my research basically appeared to be used interchangeably i found it so difficult that i actually contacted yet another professor to help me out did you really i
1: did yeah professor of
0: elves (laughs) professor of uh history ah okay at at the university of bristol oh professor ronald hutton provided a calming hand in my mad quest (laughs) to work out what the heck is the difference between an elf and a fairy (laughs) he said the difference is simply linguistic germanic against french so he said right elf and the french fay got blended into one being with the new name of fairy by the late 14th century, Uh doing everything that elves did with an additional dose of dazzle. (laughs) Dazzle. That uh, typical French dazzle. So thank you, Professor Ronald Hutton, for that. (laughs) The last professor I used to email stopped responding to my emails. Oh, no, really? So to keep it really simple, we can conflate elf and fairy, and we can use those again as an umbrella term for other supernatural beings like leprechauns. Oh, brownies, dwarves. They could all kind of come under the umbrella of elf or fairy. It feels wrong, though. I know, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does, but they are kind of the same thing. There are many stories about the origins of elves. Sometimes they're considered demons. Celtic mythology holds them as spirits of the dead, people that died before their time, like ghosts. Yeah. And I love the Icelandic elf origin story, which opens my Icelandic folklore book. It holds that elves are Adam and Eve's dirty babies. (laughs) Just process that for a minute. I don't know what to say to that. What a strange set of words. This is the Icelandic belief in elves. Yeah. Apparently, God came to visit Adam and Eve. They showed him around the house and presented their children to him. But Eve hid the children that weren't washed in time to meet (laughs) God. Uh, And God said, are these your only kids? And Eve lied and said, yes, the ones that she presented, the clean ones. And God God knew what was going on. And he said, whatever shall be hidden from me shall be hidden from people. (gasps) They were made invisible to people, sent off to live in the mountains and the valleys. And the descendants of Eve's dirty babies are the elves or huldelfolk. Oh, huldelfolk. Hidden people. Wow. Quite cool, isn't it? That's that? incredible. In that example, they're not small little creatures, they're, no, they're humans, regular they're human hum- babies, exactly. Yeah. As I think we've mentioned before, uh, the belief in elves in Iceland, right? We've yeah. talked about that. That's a yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and we kind of speculated that it might be a bit of a myth. But <laughs> go on from the Guardian newspaper, a survey conducted by the University of Iceland in 2007 found that 62% of the 1,000 respondents thought that it was at least possible that elves exist. Wow. So it turns out Iceland really genuinely does seem to have a higher belief in elves than anywhere else. And that's why their music sounds so magical. Absolutely. Um, Maybe we'll say more about this in Grim Fables. Okay. In Britain, people used to believe these supernatural beings lived in another world called... Fairyland. Oh, Fairyland. Yeah. In fact, originally it was called the land of the Fays. So people from there became known as fair People from... fair Ease. Fairyland were fair And would that... If Faye,
1: similar to how we would use Fay today as an adjective, if someone's a bit Fay. And actually, I'm sorry, I know you're going to go on to talk about elves in Britain, but you mentioned Celtic elves before. Yeah. Because it re- it reminded me of something we talked about before. There was a Welsh story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget <laughs> the details, but it involved urine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the most important thing to remember. That was in Rumpelstiltskin, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. It was someone who helped out around the house. Right. There's a, a tradition of house spirits.
1: And that is interesting, actually. That's making me think of the idea of work that we think is just done. Mm-hmm. We take for granted that it's done. And mm-hmm. it might be suggested somewhat sarcastically, that, oh, mm. what did you think? The fairies came and did that. Yeah. And, like, the tooth fairy yeah, is, is the one that comes in the night and takes your
0: tooth away and <laughs> gives you money. So, yeah, as I say, um, in Britain there was a belief in another world called fairyland. In Old Scots, fairyland was called Elfheim, which is Elfhome.
1: home, oh, And nice. it was
0: ruled by the fairy queen. And also one of the nine worlds in Norse mythology is called Alfheim. Elfhome which is the land of the light elves. So in Norse mythology, you have light elves and dark elves. Uh, We're not going to go anywhere near those, though. We're going to move swiftly on. Yeah, let's do that. Um, What did they get up to? And were they good or bad? Well, elves are known to play tricks on people, Mm -hmm. steal cattle, abduct children. Excuse me, steal cattle? They love a bit of rustling. They do. Abducting children. And also, we've discovered they take adults away to elf lands. But they might also help you out of trouble, give you a reward, tidy up around the house. So, they are benign and malign, tall and small, beautiful and ugly, all at once. So, I hope that's clear for you. That's that's crystal clear, Matt. Thank you so much. I read, or I think I heard, or I read somewhere, a good way to think of elves is as a manifestation of nature. Mm -hmm. So, they're at once destructive and nurturing. Mm -hmm. So, that's sort of what they are and where they come from. But how did they fit into our society? You would imagine that they might be feared or hated by the people who believed in them, but anyone listening to the current season of Rex Factor will know that uh-huh. the word elf was often a prefix for Anglo-Saxon names. Some of the queen consorts of Anglo-Saxon kings were named Elfgifu, which means elf gift, Ethelfled, elf beauty, Ethelrith, elf strength, and indeed, Alfred, the name Alfred, Uh in Old English, was Elfred, which means Elf Council. So Alfred the Great, the first king of England, was connected to elves, (laughs) which completely blew my mind. That's amazing. (laughs) Alfred. One of the major relics of the Anglo-Saxon period is the Exeter book, which is a 10th century anthology of Anglo-Saxon poetry written by monks in around 970 AD. And in the Exeter book... There's a charm against what was known as an elf shot. Shooting pains in the body uh, were believed to be from invisible arrows fired at you by elves. That's called an elf shot. Shooting pains?
1: Literally shoot from being
0: shot? In fact, apparently, farmers who found Neolithic arrowheads... Uh Uh-huh believe that they were elf weapons. Wow. If that makes sense. So they'd find ancient, ancient yeah, old yeah, weapons, yeah. they might dig them up, and they think that's an elf weapon. Wow. Uh, the Exeter book prescribed a mixture of charms, medicine, and prayer if you're suffering from an elf Oh Ah,
1: simple, yeah. Just uh <laughs> those from a bathroom cabinet.
0: So all this sort of indicates how central elves were to the early English conception of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to think of them as a pagan hangover, which Christianity frowned upon and stamped out. Yeah but they're actually a central part of early Christian life. All written accounts of elves come from manuscripts and literature after conversion to Christianity. Those Anglo-Saxons that were named after elves, like Alfred the Great, they were the Christians that were fighting off the pagan Vikings. Right. There was a surge in interest in elves during the Renaissance, by which point the French word fairy had joined the vocabulary. Queen Elizabeth I was presented with an epic poem called The Fairy Queen, written by Edmund Spencer. In the poem, the Fairy Queen is called Gloriana, and that's why Queen Elizabeth I became known as Gloriana. She was named after the Elf Queen. Shakespeare's work is full of folklore as well, particularly the elves and fairies of Midsummer Night's Dream. I just, I'm shoehorning Shakespeare in there. Right, Puck. Is it Puck? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's all I remember from school. Shakespeare has come up in literally every episode, <laughs> so it's my mission to keep him in there. <laughs> I'm not letting him escape. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth's successor, King James I, or the Sixth of Scotland, mm-hmm. he genuinely believed in elves as well.
1: He's the one behind the, uh, the Bible, isn't
0: he? Yeah, King James Bible, exactly. Yeah. So, the man behind the Bible, that's the standard Bible in. In
1: like the whole Western world. Yeah. Pretty much. Believed uh, in elves. Believed in elves, wow. He
0: he more famously was known to believe in witches, and he, Blumen, loved a witch burning. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And actually, a lot of those witch burnings from the Renaissance period, there are confessions from condemned witches claiming that they fraternized with the Fairy Queen in Fairyland. Yeah. So it's all all connected. (laughs) It is all connected, wow. By the Victorian era, belief in elves had all but died out but there was another resurgence in interest in them. It was the Victorian era that the idea of the little fella running around, being industrious, was conceived in the way that we imagine to this very day. Yeah. And that's not least, thanks, to the Brothers Grimm story, The Elves and the Shoemaker. Of course. In German, this story is called Die Wichtelmane, The Little Men. It's my belief that, Mar- I think it was Margaret Hunt, chose to translate it into Elves. Actually, they probably should have been called leprechauns, because <laughs> apart from the pot of gold, leprechauns are most often found mending shoes. Wow, imagine that. If it was the leprechauns and the shoemaker. That I mean, would have been fa- amazing. Just the f- all these interchangeable phrases. Like,
1: yeah. could can can you imagine Snow White and the Seven Elves?
0: Oh, <laughs> doesn't, no. doesn't work, does it? You're right, yeah. It's so cemented Bizarre, with yeah. the choices that were made back then. Yeah. The Christmas elf helping Father Christmas and making toys was popularised in the mid-1800s. Right, First appearing in kids' books and magazines in America. And weirdly, Father Christmas was himself described as a right jolly old elf. He's an elf. Whoa! That was in um, The Night Before Christmas, written by Clement Clark Moore in 1822. So from that perspective, they really go from being a representation of the power and danger of nature to the names of some of our most famous Christian monarchs to basically being enslaved by humans to mass-produce goods during the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> yeah, 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 So we've kind of ended up with the little helper elf, and then also, via Lord of the Rings, the life-sized ethereal elves of um, Middle Earth. Yeah. So one way or another, the elf in its different conflicting incarnations has survived into the modern world. Wow. Yeah. That was an
1: amazing journey through elf land. So, score-wise, then, it's complicated by the fact that there's three stories. Does that that detract for you that there were three? No. I think it added to it. I'm going to give this an 8.5. The reason being, I can remember what I gave the last two stories. Ah, I can't. Uh, Well, I can. (laughs) And I gave them eight, and I think this is just a bit better. Okay. The big twist in story two, she's been abducted for seven years, enjoyed that. <laughs> the mental
0: changeling in the end, uh, laughing at eggshell boiling. So what I'm hearing is, if it was just the elves and the shoemaker, it would be an eight, but it's got those other two. And it just pops it up a yeah. half a level, I think, for me. Half an eggshell.
1: Half an eggshell, yeah. yeah. And
0: uh, what about you? I think I was a bit confused because yeah. I was super excited about this. And there's something from my childhood i came across it in one form or another either a storybook or a picture book or a tv cartoon i came across it and it left a big impact on me probably yeah, more than any of the other stories so in a way when i read the elves and Schmick, i was kind of expecting a bit more depth and a bit more of a it was snowing on christmas eve kind of like <laughs> yes. you know like a bit more of atmosphere so at first i was a bit like oh okay it's very simple, very bare. Yes. But actually, it's It's really good. It's good. It's really it? good. And I kind of like that there's no villain. It's not a traditional fairy tale of going on a journey with no. an obstacle. You're right. It's kind of a... Sweet, wholesome tale. Exactly. Yeah. So I did like that. And it introduced me to the elf, which, although I was tearing my hair out quite a lot, I am glad I know a bit more about elves yeah. now. So I'm going to take your lead, actually, and go 8.5. Oh, nice that's a what is that 17 (laughs) we both
1: look terrified at the maths uh 17 yeah that's it 17 sweet sweet 17 wonderful okay merry christmas everybody
0: (laughs) and a happy (laughs) grim year so i believe it's that time again it is first time series two we'll be picking the next round of stories and things are a little different this time they are indeed So unlike before, where I was choosing the next four stories,
1: now in series two, I'm going to choose the next three stories. And the fourth one is chosen each time by our patrons. They participate in a poll on the Patreon. They've done so. They've spoken. So the first story, the next story we're going to hear Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. and I had to choose this. It's Mr. Corbs. Yes! <laughs> you knew it was coming. Oh. I am hooked on the adventures of Chanticleer and Partlet. And Mr. Corbs is the next instalment in the Chanticleer and Partlet trilogy. So come on, I have to hear that. Gold star to Adam. <laughs> so the second story is... Sweetheart Roland. Sweetheart A.K.A. Roland, Roland and Maybird. Hey, it's Roland and Maybird. <laughs> and... The third story we're going to hear okay. is The Seven Ravens.
0: Oh, The Seven Ravens.
1: Come on. We've heard so many ravens so far. We know they like to eat horse. That's and um, I can't wait to see what else they get up to. There's probably going to be a lot of horse eating in that. <laughs> so that brings us on oh, to the fourth story. Yeah. Now, I didn't choose this. Matt didn't choose this. We came up with a story each that we'd like to hear. Yeah. You
0: have spoken. So. so, I put forward a story. <laughs> it was my moment to have a story I wanted it was. chosen. I've been dominating it since day one. So, I put forward The Twelve Huntsmen. Mm-hmm. And I put
1: forward The Devil with the Three Golden Hairs. Now, how'd you get you, on that?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you'd assume it'd be in the back. The 12 12 huntsmen, come on. Not just one huntsman, 12 of them. That is excellent value. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Um, It's about huntsmen. I mean, well, as it turned out, I got 31% of the vote. Would you call that a romping victory? 69%. Yeah. To the devil
1: with the three golden hairs.
0: Well, I just felt like you've got, had a lot of experience at picking stories, and you're—I
1: um, know a good title when I see it. You know your
0: craft. It's all in the title, yeah. So you know, well done. I'll—I'll <laughs> I'll concede this one to you. So, so we will so,
1: be hearing the devil with the three golden hairs, which I am equally excited. Yeah, about. I mean, come That's on, be...
0: everybody's a winner
1: here, really. <laughs> there are no losers at Grim Reading. <laughs> I mean,
0: maybe there is one, but. <laughs> Maybe your neighbors like <laughs> to hear this. Um, we're shortly going to launch the next poll for the next two stories that we have secretly chosen for our patrons to vote for.
1: And those two stories are, mm. in no particular order, because I'm probably going to reverse it the next time I say it, fledgling and the thief and his master. Oh, So that's the thief and his master. And fledgling, just to be fair, so you
0: there's no clue there as to who's <laughs> <Yeah>. chosen what. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's been wonderful. Um keep the eggshells away from the hearth, people. Too late. Don't let elves steal your children. Good advice. Um don't give them any clothes if you want them to keep working for you. And most importantly, keep it grim. Keep it grim. See, See you next on. time.
1: Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook, at grimreading. You can find us on podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.